Hey everyone, welcome to God's Growth and Gap. We are three guys in our 20s that want to share with you our journey in developing big projects in our areas of small church ministry. Join us as we DIY our vision for the future and how we can help ministry leaders dream big on a small budget together. I'm Nathan. I'm Josh. And I'm Dylan. And we are glad to have you here. Well, what's up, everybody? We want to welcome you back for another episode here of God, Growth, and Gas. If you're anywhere near us in the Bourbon A area, you know that we're finally experiencing and enjoying some nice June weather. Um, actually, for today and the day that we're recording, we're dealing with a whopping 90 degrees. Hey. So I don't know about you boys, but how have you been trying to prepare for this summer? Like, you got any plans? Like, what's, what's the move? Well, living in Illinois, my preparation for summer is put swim trunks on one chair and a winter coat on the next <laughs> and because Not tomorrow it's probably going to be 20. <laughs> if I remember correctly, like what, two or three weeks ago, we had like that 45 degree stretch of three days and now, hey, we're back into it again. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. But not a cloud in the sky. So oh. we'll definitely be needing to buy some sunscreen for the church coming up real soon. Right. <laughs> so Sunscreen ministry. Exactly. Just one massive bottle of sunscreen. <laughs> hey, well, speaking of ministries... As we continue on with our episodes here, um, for these first few ones, as you, as you may have caught on or not, um, we're really just trying to build some foundational podcasts to encourage churches who are really growing from nothing <laughs> or next to nothing. Um, and so as we continue moving forward for this week, uh, as we, we want to talk a little bit about the nitty-gritty of working with teams. And, and so kind of like team building, how to build a team, you know, the importance of taking the time to establish proper team building, um, because I think it's just important, you know, for each of us as individuals, as we oversee people um, who serve and volunteer in the church, that, you know, there is a part where you kind of have to, quote unquote, do it right, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's people that we're working with, it's people that we're connecting and loving and yet also leading, and so I think it's, it's important for us this week to really just tackle that aspect um, and so I just wanted to start first with asking you guys, like, what's been an experience that you've had in, in good team building and team growth, and, and maybe not? You know, what, what's been some horror stories from the team world? Uh, I know that I've done, uh, I've done improv for a lot of my life. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think being on a team like that is, I mean, you're, like, entrusting your life, not really, but you're heavy embarrassment to your mm. teammates because you go out there not knowing one thing that you were supposed to be saying or what the heck is going on and just, you know, having having your teammates got your back. Uh, and so I think that's been probably the most helpful in terms of ministry, in terms of social skills, in terms of, uh, you know, just, just working together with people, like doing improv comedy kind of sounds dumb, but it's also like the thing that's taught me teamwork. Um, and then I think negatively, school, <laughs> being in school has taught me that teamwork can absolutely suck. Hmm. Uh, because when I hear the word teamwork, I think of like sixth grade assemblies and, and just, you know, your principal having the whole yellow, like bright yellow and blue sign and each, each uh, letter is an acronym for, for teamwork and team building. <laughs> Um, and so a lot of times when I hear that word, that's what I think of, and it kind of turns me off to it. Um, but I think how we're going to be interpreting it today is like practical steps 
to working with people, working with volunteers, with um, with your partners in ministry, rather than just saying, yay, teamwork. Here's a little game that you can play, and now you've done team building. Yeah, right. do the human knot, and then your best yeah. friend. <laughs> right, right. I'd say a previous experience for me in terms of team building, positive side of things, um, you're going to be surprised, but the automotive field, I'd say it was the first job I ever had. Very, very good team. Um, and that was like, I learned so much about working efficiently on a team through that job. Um, working for about three years, and everybody it was just a very close knit community. Um, and we had to have each other's backs because there was also a lot of like physical hazards too. If you don't help somebody out, somebody could get hurt. Um, and I feel like everybody just did the job well. And we were all friendly towards each other. And then not so good, I also worked at a dealership. And uh, this dealership, I would say, it wasn't like anybody was toxic towards each other. It was just such a disconnect mm -hmm. where nobody really talked to each other. Everybody had their like, head down and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, where I get it because they all kind of had their own jobs, but everything could have worked much better had they like had some sort of like, I don't know, best way to describe it is an assembly line per <laughs> se. But yeah, yeah, even anything could be, um, it just makes it easier. So, yeah, and I think, therefore, when, when we discuss these things and recognize um, both just the situations that we were in, but also the experiences that we've dealt with, um, I think that alone can testify as to why it's important for us to have this conversation. Um, and so, a as we all kind of brainstormed and thought about you know, this discussion further, we landed on what we like to call the four C's of team building. Can I get a what, what, baby? What, Yo. what, baby? What? And so <laughs> what, what we want to do on this episode is just kind of like walk through, you know, each of the four C's, going in depth with them so we can better understand like why addressing these aspects of team building can be important, but also beneficial and fruitful uh, as a church, but also as just people in general. Because I think sometimes, you know, we try super hard to over-mysticize, you know, being together in the church. And it's like, we're just God's people, God's children being together, serving. And we're just so, a bunch of people that don't know what we're doing. That too. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> Amen. And so so for these four C's, which I know you're probably at the edge of your seat. I know I am. what they are. Mm. Um, they are to create, to commit, to connect. And to celebrate. Spicy. So to jump right into the first one, we want to discuss create is, is, is exactly what it sounds like it is. You're just creating a team. But the, the reason why it's important to make this a step or to make this a, an area of focus is because in creating a team, you have to kind of identify the mission and the needs for a team. I think sometimes when people come together and they're like, all right, we just need to have like two or three people jump right in. You kind of just jump into something that you don't really understand, right? Like, like you're just like, okay, I said I'd be here. I don't know what's happening. And now we're like three weeks in and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so the important part when you create a team is to really define and make clear and even realize for yourself, what are the mission and needs for this team? Why am I creating this team? For what purpose does this team have, and and who is it serving? What is it for? Why is it important? Just kind of asking yourselves 
just those just those simple questions, but really making it clear and known for everybody really helps establish the other important part is the expectations. Yeah, I think when it comes to that, you know, some teams can be really easy to figure out what the mission is. Yeah. If you're if you're on the uh, you know, the production team, your mission is to make service happen. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> your your mission is to is to not get the side eye. Um, <laughs> or the brother Bill like we talked yeah, about last yeah, yeah. <laughs> But your your mission is to just make the service flow, make it work. If you're on the, the worship team, um, now churches might have different understandings of what the mission is, but generally uh, the idea is to like usher the presence of God into the room and, and lead in worship, whether you're on mm-hmm. the drums or whether you're, you know, the worship leader. Um, but it could be hard when you get into aspects like, you know, a parking lot greeter or, um, or a, a door greeter or someone working the, the front desk or welcome center, whatever you, uh, whatever you call it, you know, it can get complicated when it comes to specifically like the people that are necessary, but the mission that's unclear. Um, and so that's that's mm. the places where we really need to determine, like, hey, I know all you're doing is opening a door so that people can get in the church. Mm. And people might be completely and fully able to open it by themselves. But there's a, there's a reason why you're in that spot. And I think it's important for people to know that they're not just there to put a face mm. Um, in an in an entrance, and we're not they're not just there just to say, "Hey, this church has people." <laughs> they're there for a specific yeah. reason. Yeah, and I think even too to that, like so many times, I think people can get turned off even to volunteering because it's like it's just a simple task. Like, who cares? Yeah, but that's kind well, of the any, point. Anyone can do it. They don't need right, me. Right, but that's exactly the point. It's like we want to care enough to make sure that this position, this team is created with a purpose, with a mission, with a focus. So that way when people, you know, join the team or are ready or hearing about it or other volunteers are connecting, like it just it it brings them to be something bigger than themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so like I think about for our church, we have a hospitality team and that for us includes, you know, the people who are making the coffee, the people who are door greeting, the people at the welcome center, the ushers, the communion hand like it's it's a it's a really big moving part, right? Mm, yeah. Um, but each aspect of that team has to be important, has to be laid out as to like the why are we doing this? And so, I know for us, I I made for our team um, just like a quick description into each role, but also just like, hey, this is why we're doing it because for the door greeters, we're the first welcoming face. We're we're the we're the people welcoming them and greeting them, letting them know that. We see you. We know you. Um, for the Welcome Center people, the mission is right to, to be a place that they know they can go when there's questions or to connect because other people are hanging out there too. Um, and so that, that's why I think for us, like one of the most, the first importancy was to create um, because without any commitment to the creation, it's just going to be people figuring out what the heck to do every week. I, I like what you know what you said about just having a, friendly face to, to be there, um, to let people know that they're seen. Um, and that reminds me of, we had a, a meeting with a police officer and he said, the reasoning that stores have, 
have greeters sitting at the at the front of stores is mm. not just for people to feel welcomed into Walmart because who cares? <laughs> um, I mean, I care. I always appreciate that. No, I, I do too. But <laughs> most people are there with their pajamas on just to get whatever um, chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, to, to get their chocolate milk. But whatever at twelve in the morning. Yeah, yeah literally. Um, but the reason that the greeters are there is because if someone comes in to, to steal with the intention of, of stealing and they see that greeter at the front door, then they make that human interaction with them. They mm. make eye contact. They have a, uh, you know, conversation like with them, at least, almost. at least somewhat of a connection. Yeah. Right. And just that little bit of human interaction will turn a lot of people away mm. from trying to steal. That's um, interesting. And in the same way. Most people aren't coming to steal out of a church because if you're listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> we ain't got nothing to steal. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bro. say we got nothing to steal. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. um, so, but if you're if you're coming into a church, a lot of times if you don't have someone like that, if you don't have that personal greeting, and it's especially that specific person um, whose sole job it is to make that greeting, hmm. then if people don't have that connection, they have no reasoning to to come back. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that also ties into with the aspect of creating um, not just a mission and needs, but also expectations um, for yourself as the leader, uh, but also for the volunteers as well. Just like, hey, because this is what we're focusing on, this is also what we expect, what we're looking for, what you know sh- can be worked on if this is something that you're interested in doing. Um, and so... I think that's why it's important when you think about missions, when you think about needs, that also just has to usher in expectations as well. Because I think, again, for the church world, it's so hard for us to have like, hey, if you're going to do this, you should probably have some skill involved with it, right? Or, <laughs> or you know, you some know. sort of calling or passion, natural ability, spiritual gift, you know, whatever it is. But that also needs to be at the forefront of the creation because I heard about a book once that was titled, you know, Managing Well-Intentioned Dragons, which are people who mean to do well, but because they're not in the place that they should be, they're actually just causing more destruction mm-hmm. and distraction. You mean they're, they're dragging us down? Uh, I'll see you next week. Later, guys. <laughs> and that's all. We'll see you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so that's why it's important for us also and for you to create those expectations, which also leads us right into the next part of the C, which is the commit. Yo, um, yeah, I mean, exactly like what you were saying with um, with people having spiritual gifts, with people having natural ability with a, a specific calling. I, I'm sorry. Um but from a worship leader, if you don't have the spiritual gift of singing, <laughs> um, as much as you might really want to, we can't have you on on the team if you if you sound like a dying cat. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's why I don't sing on Sunday morning. <laughs> um, but the 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 thing is, I would much rather take someone who is a very okay instrumentalist, a very okay singer, um, someone who, you know, can can play four chords on a guitar, because that's all worship songs are, um, <laughs> and, can, and can sing, you know, a very small range. I'd rather take them 
who are committed to the cause and committed to the mission rather than someone who's a professional opera singer and can play guitar like Slash or Yngwie Malmsteen um, because the commitment towards the mission of Christ is what separates volunteers from people who are actually a member of the church. Um, because anyone can can volunteer for something. I've been to a lot of different, you know, one day missions or, or helped out in a lot of like little one day things. And yeah, sure, I volunteered, but I'm not a member of those things. I, I volunteered to to rake an old lady's yawn, old lady's lawn. Wow, yeah. English is hard. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that I'm a member of her family. Hmm. Um, and so I would I would much rather have someone who's a committed member to the church. Um, to Christ, who is an okay <laughs> um, musician and an okay slides operator, an okay door opener, <laughs> you right. know, um, rather than someone who's a complete and utter professional. Mm. Yeah, and I'd say uh, just because somebody doesn't have like what would be considered the spiritual gift of something or other, um, it doesn't quite mean that it can't be trained. Um, for example, even on my team, I Everybody, except for I think one person before they like volunteered under me, had almost zero previous experience, and then just have to you know train them as they go along. Um, whether that be just an initial touch point, and then from there, just kind of paying attention to them over the weeks and um, just being patient with them as well is very important. Yeah, <laughs> it's always important. Um, but every skill, I feel like at least to some degree, could be developed. And uh, I feel like that can be undersold sometimes. Yeah, and I think that really ties into another aspect about committing is when you're encouraging people to commit to a certain team or kind of like measuring, you know, would they be good for this? Would they be, would they be better somewhere else? I think another aspect that needs to be acknowledged and looked at is encouraging them to understand that they don't just belong to a team they're not just a part of a team but they too then begin to contribute to the team as well they're they're bringing something of themselves mm. to this as well and you know i think when you take the time whether you're talking with someone or just you know bringing it up to them in conversation about hey this is kind of what we're doing the biggest piece that you can always do is see ask them like if, if you're interested how would you see yourself embodying the role that we have so, again, going back to this door greeting, it's just door greeting, right? And we discussed that already. But when you're talking with someone, you say, how would you yourself, how would you be so-and-so the door greeter, right? Not just who's doing door greeting. And I think that changes the aspect of like, wait, I do bring something to this, whether it's, you know, my desire to make sure I learn people's names. That's, that's something that you contribute to the mission. Mm -hmm. If it's something that you want to, Create handshakes with everybody that walks in. I mean, that would be, know, that that would be, be sick. sick. That would be awesome. We should um, do this. <laughs> but that, too, is something that that person is bringing to the mission. And so I think so many times we get caught up in just wanting to say, like, this is what we're doing, and I think it'd be good for it. You can join us or not. But when we take it the step further and saying, this is what we'd like to do, this is where God is leading us, and I think you'd be a good fit, what would you add to it? that changes the game because now you are the mission. You are walking forward. And I think about even like that 
in our life as Christians. Like when we become Christian, you know, I'm still a 22-year-old Hispanic male here in Bourbon, Illinois. But now all those other contributing aspects of my identity play a part into the mission that Jesus is doing. Mm. So in the same way, you know, that same aspect is true for us here in our team building at churches. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, That kind of brings to mind, in the young adult Bible study, there was was this one thing, like this little challenge we had, uh, essentially replace the background to your phone with, it's a simple white X with a black background. Um, But it's kind of taken up meaning, and I've kept it up since, uh, because now it's been like, what, six months since then? It's been a hot minute. It's been a long time. I think I'm probably the only one who like kept it as my background, because it's a good reminder what it means is it's, it's an axe because it's an intersection. Um, and with every single intersection that you have with somebody, it's a chance for you to possibly even drastically change their life. Um, some people call it the butterfly effect, you know, mm-hmm. how a butterfly, when it flaps its wings, can create a tidal wave somewhere else in the world. Um, I am a firm believer in that, and I've kept, uh, kept that as my background ever since. And the same thing applies to ministry. That... That reminds me of um, of a story that I that I heard once about um, this. I don't know. He was a shoemaker, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in 1920 or something like that. He was he was a shoemaker, and uh, maybe maybe in the 40s. I don't know for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, he he was doing his job, making some like leather shoes, mm-hmm. putting them on this guy, and and you know talking whatever. And, and a faith conversation got brought up, and. The guy was able to share his faith. The, the shoemaker was able to share his faith with the guy getting fit. Uh, and the guy became a Christian that day. Cool. Awesome. Mm. That's, that's, a, that's a great story. Look at that. That's, that's neat. We find out later that that guy's name was Billy Graham. Mm. So, Whoa. you know, Dang. like the, the greatest evangelist of all time, probably, <laughs> right. other than, you know, maybe Paul, um, huh. who changed thousands of lives, oh, thousands yeah. upon thousands of, of lives with his gospel presentation. And like you said, it started out because of one little dude who made shoes that that had a short little gospel conversation with him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's always the little things that we don't realize can have a big impact, and that's yeah. why we want to focus on those little things, hmm. which even gets down to the little things that we don't like talking about or focusing on, like the timing and scheduling of people's commitments. <laughs> I think that part is always. Um, I think that part is always a moving part, the thing that's always changing. Um, but if you really can commit to a schedule, if you can commit to meeting people in their times and, and making sure that it fits into where they can, again, it just helps the process of committing to the team. It, it, it meets people where they're at and their needs. Obviously, it, it can also challenge you and the other person to want to you know, hey, maybe I don't need to go to this event every Wednesday because now I want to help with the youth or help with midweek Bible study, which is what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important also, which I feel like that part is the most obvious part, right? Is It's just as simple as, hey, what's your schedule? What's your work schedule? Because it's also challenging you to commit to getting to know the people in your team. See what I did there? Mm. Nice. Likewise. I, I, think that, I think that timing and, and scheduling is really hard for someone in in our position who are over volunteers Mm. because a lot of times there's something that 
if we have a special practice for, you know, Easter or Christmas or something like that, and if we have a special, like, Friday night practice, I don't want to burden people with, especially on the the week of Easter where they're already, already giving a lot of time, mm. um, or Christmas where everyone is busy. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, pressure people with, oh, spend another two hours or more um, at the church practicing these things because I don't want to inconvenience them. I'd rather just... You know, I'd rather myself spend 60 hours or 80 hours on that week here (laughs) doing something. Um, But nine times out of 10, your your committed volunteers are going to be okay with it. Like Mm. they might have work. (laughs) They might have other things scheduled and that they can't make because because schedules are busy. But normally people are not going to get offended if you ask them, you know, for, for extra time. And if they do... Uh, get offended, you know, or if they if they do get inconvenienced, sorry, not offended, then they're just gonna let you know that they're gonna let you know, yep. hey, I can't be there, sorry. Um, yeah, but I know much. a lot of times I get so in my head that oh, I'm just gonna stress these people out, I'm gonna burn them out because I'm asking for you know an extra time commitment, and I don't want to add more practices, I don't want to add uh, this other video shoot or anything like that because people are gonna get mad at me. But no, most of the time, your your committed volunteers are actually looking for more ways to be in the church. Yeah. Um, we have, I mean, we have a few guys here that last, last week we were painting a room and one of our volunteers who is on the board, he's a, a youth um, leader. He, he does everything. He just really showed does. up. <laughs> he, he, he heard that we were doing it and just showed up after work. And mm. he was like, yeah, I had a kind of boring day at work. So let me just help you paint. And then was scrubbing the ground where we like drop some paint. And so it's, it's people like that who they're not going to be mad if you're asking for a little bit of their time. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, one very awesome example that we have here is even when we did the um, caroling, the, the extreme caroling that video. <laughs> wow. uh, you you boys can forget. explain that because that oh, was its own that fiasco. so cool. All right. So the extreme caroling video, right? We had this idea for, was it like a bumper video or... I have no no. It was just a video. It was was really just this video that we threw into the Christmas service that we thought was kind of cool. Well, essentially, extreme caroling was we took some of like the I guess heaviest Christian like Christmas songs and that we knew of anyways, just a few of them, and we played them on. We built a band on top of a trailer and towed this trailer and strung with lights. It was super just. Over the top. Every part of this was over the top. No pun intended, but it was decked out. It was. Amen. <laughs> Don't even come at me with your little dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys next week. Anyways, um, but yeah, this this event was, um, it was bitterly cold. Oh, like, like, like <laughs> 15 degrees outside. Absolutely awful. Well, we're playing guitar and drums. <laughs> uh-huh. And Piano just praying that strings didn't break and yeah. electronics didn't fry themselves because it was literally 15 degrees. Yeah. Um, but I'd say the one thing that stuck out was every single volunteer who was there, even through like the craziest conditions, they were, they bought into this idea and were just as into it as we were. And they were like, Hey, what can we do to help? Um, and they were like willing to stick it out through this, um, on the back of a trailer in the middle of winter. In 15 degree weather. And we did have people come out and join us in caroling, which was cool. Because we did it also mm. as like a promo to invite people to our church for Christmas. But I think the cool part that happened afterwards was I had people talking 
to me after service and was like, why didn't anyone tell us that that was happening? Like, if you hmm. do it again, tell us. We want to be a part of it. Like, we want to do it. And we're like, first off, I don't know if we're ever doing that again. <laughs> um, so, guys, I have this idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, um, but even that, I think, speaks to, you know, getting people committed to the things that they enjoy doing, getting mm-hmm. people in the right place where they are stewarding their gifts. We're helping steward their gifts. And it's just a way that they contribute to a mission as well. And some of that includes hard timing and scheduling, but we see that it's worth it. Yeah, and as we move on to the next C, Connect, it's all about building relationships and uh, taking the time out of your schedule sometimes to do that. Um, So, for example, me, I have a smaller team on the tech team, um, like a few volunteers who are pretty consistent. And it's both a uh, positive and a negative. Obviously, sometimes it's hard to get a full team on a Sunday if everybody's like out of town that week and I have to really scramble, for example, actually this week, but I won't go into that. Um, But the positive side of this is I can say pretty confidently that, yeah, I'd say every every single one of my volunteers is like a personal friend. Um, Or your dad. Yeah, that's also one of them. (laughs) (laughs) But... But yeah, other than that, like, um, it and it's just been over the over a pretty long period of time because I've been working here for about three years, and I'd say a majority of my volunteers have been here about that long, or at least very close to it. Um, so like turnover is almost zero for my team, um, and it's been really cool to see them like just grow and also see myself grow in a way because they each have something separate to bring to the table. And they each have taught me something, and it's just been a real blessing. So, yeah, it's it's funny that you say that your turnover is uh, is very small or, or is at zero, because I'm at the complete opposite. Um, <laughs> being on, you know, being on the sorry, <laughs> being leading worship, um, especially mm-hmm. in a in a college town, mm. means that turnover happens. All the time. <laughs> every year. <laughs> every every year people are graduating or moving on to a different school or getting married um, and, and moving away. So mm-hmm. so my turnover has been, I mean, I don't even know how many people are the same when I started here. Oh, yeah. Probably, probably about... Two, roughly? Probably about two, three, mm-hmm. maybe maybe four of my volunteers have been here the whole time that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, they've also been the ones that have been here forever. Yeah, that's uh, fair. <laughs> and so... Um, but a lot of, a lot of my team, you know, it, it moves away and I only get a, a little bit to, to connect with them. Mm. And I think that we've existed a lot in the past few years of, I mean, the, this position that I'm in right now has gone through, I don't know, five people in, um, in the past, before I came on, so probably hmm. probably five people in the past five years, That's and crazy. I've been here for three. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was like almost every semester someone new was in the worship leader role, and so huh. it's a lot of the team also trying to connect with the worship leader, like who the heck is leading us now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and who's this young dude walking up here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, and you run so, into that. And, and so I've had to deal with, first off, connecting with the people who have been here forever, but also trying to get connected those who I know is only going to be here for a year. Mm, yeah. And what I've come to realize is that 
a lot of times when it comes to worship, you know that there's some people who are there just because you they know you need the help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, we've had a lot of people come through who, you know, will be like, yeah, I'll play drums because I know you need it. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't care to connect. Mm-hmm. And that goes, you know, back to the whole commitment thing that we were just talking about. But you can almost know in the connection process if you're going to have someone who you know is all in, who you know is is going to be there and just be willing to sit down and just talk. And so mm. I think some of the best conversations that that the worship team has had has been in our prayer slash green room, um, talking about Marvel movies, talking about <laughs> uh, talking about you know even sports like whatever. But just being able to like sit down as a group of friends and the. The drummer's arguing with the with the vocalist on whether the Rams or the Broncos are going to win, and <laughs> you know this this whole thing. But it's just it's a team collaboration that a lot of times doesn't happen if you don't create the space for it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and I think part of that that we talked about as well is when you're creating and building those relationships, when you're really trying to connect with people, it automatically highlights their strengths and weaknesses too, right? And so. I think about the more I get to know Josh and Dylan, the more we learn about our own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and it's pretty easy when you don't have any. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you next week. And <laughs> the nice thing about when you build relationships is that you can then have the honest conversations about people's strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> there it is. Uh, but even for us, right, like what Josh brings to the table, what Dylan brings to the table, and what I can bring to the table being honest and like actually getting to know someone enough to to build off of that with each other i think furthermore just creates a strong team that you can connect with and even just as a team understanding like hey as a whole we all are really extroverted fun loving people but we're not really good at the details well Mm. then (laughs) you can begin to grow again your team with looking for those who are detail oriented and pray Mm. for them that they have to deal with all these fly by the seat of your pants extroverts. <laughs> um, but but something as simple true. as that is just like acknowledging and knowing people enough to say like, how well do we mesh together? Not just as like volunteers, but as people. Just like, hmm. you know, if you are analytical and I'm emotional, is it going to be hard? Sure, if you're not willing to commit to the team. But when we're already committed and we know what the mission is and we're contributing to that mission with our analytics or our emotions that itself takes it that much farther. And I think so much in any team, you always run the risk of exclusivity and you just want like, we just want this kind of person. We just only want these kinds of people. Well, you're selling yourself short of the things that you're weak at. And Mm. everyone has a weakness. Even though Josh tries to argue that (laughs) there is none. I think a part of that, part of building those relationships is being willing to be honest about your weaknesses. Um, I think a perfect example is for us three, like, of the three of us here, I can only think of one of us who's a perfectionist. And it's Dylan. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... Me my... duct taping things together. Yeah, it looks about right. <laughs> gaff tape, Dylan. Oh, it's shoot. Gaff. Oh, no. <laughs> it's literally can... the name of the podcast. Get I've, away. I've failed miserably. <sighs> we'll, we'll deal with the reprimands later. <laughs> okay. But, but no, like, just understanding that helps us see, like, Dylan and I can really get the big details done and just get stuff done. And then Josh will be, okay, we can touch that up. We can do that better. We can clean this up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
one thing that we always give Josh a hard time about is his super strong empathy. Like he's really good at super connecting right? people and never <laughs> saying that, man, that's a tough situation to be in. I've never once said something's tough. So. <laughs> and so for that, that's like, my favorite catchphrase, tough. <laughs> for myself to be able to desire, like obviously to just, I feel a lot for people. Um, so whenever Josh is struggling with that, it's like, cool. I got it. Like, I'll, I'll handle the hard conversation. I'll connect with them, you know, because that's what I like doing. And for Josh, that's just not. And But that's okay. Like, I think so much we, we try hard to want to stomp out these weaknesses and be like, oh, I'm j- I just sell myself short. But no, everyone has weaknesses because everyone also has strengths. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that part is also important. Yeah, I... <clears throat> um. I think something too when it comes to strengths and and weaknesses is that a strength of the church in general is Sundays. Mm. (laughs) It's a a strength of the church to put all the energy that you ever have right on Sunday and all your volunteers have to be there at the time and blah, blah, blah. And yes, all of that obviously is important because that's when services happen. Um, But what the church is weak at is going beyond that. Mm. You know, as as a staff, yes, we spend all of our time here and, and <laughs> every, true. every day is, is at the church, but for volunteers or for, for your average churchgoer, it's only a Sunday morning that you're spending there. And so something hmm. that is really important for teams to do is just to connect outside of Sunday mornings, you know? And so, um, I think about that, uh, that video shoot that we talked about earlier, you know, the, um, the, hmm. Jingle bells on a trailer. Extreme caroling. Extreme caroling, yeah. Metal, um, metal jingle bells. And so I, I just think you know the the band that we had for that even. Mm-hmm. Continue. We we still talk about the, uh, just the night, not the nightmare, but the <laughs> the wild ride that that was. Right. And it was like a Tuesday evening. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was a weird thing. And so, but we we talk about the things that aren't Sundays. You know, mm-hmm. I talk about seeing people at Chick-fil-A. Uh, um, I talk about someone might have uh, had a family issue, you know, or a, a sickness in the family. I mean, hmm. um, at some time in the week. And a lot of times what's the most ministry that you can do is just sending one of your teammates, uh, not teammates, team members, a text saying like, hey, hope you're doing okay. Or, hey, praying for you. Or, hey, how is that situation? Hmm. Um, because... That alone is going to let them know that, hey, they care about me other than just what I can bring to the team on a Sunday. They care mm-hmm. about me as a person. Yeah. And that leads in to our next and final C, which is celebrate. Yeah. Um, so again, I think like create, it's one of those where it's like, wow, that just sounds really obvious and like, duh, we want to celebrate people. But again, I don't think we give enough time and enough effort and enough heart in understanding a celebration. I think... Mm-hmm. For us, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's been five years, and I forgot to thank this person. (laughs) And then you go another five years, and it's just like, oops. (laughs) Or, you know, you have Pastor Appreciation Month, or is it week? Uh, A month. It really feels like a day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so one thing that we really want to talk about when it comes to celebration is when you think about celebrating people, it's really just loving them in a way that is evident for everyone. Mm. It's it's mm. just making it 
obvious. It's making it known, but making it known even to people who wouldn't expect to see it. And so when you think about celebration in the aspect of love, well, again, Jesus teaches us that love is going to cost you something. To love is to cost. And so when I think about celebrating volunteers, um, I want it to cost me something. Like I want it to... I don't not necessarily drain my entire budget that I have for our hospitality, <laughs> but enough that I'm like I want to commit and I want to give to them because they deserve it because yeah. they have contributed, they have committed, they have become the mission, they are living and breathing the mission. So why would I then not turn around and and give everything for them too? Like that that's the thing that I think always hurts me or makes me sad is leaders who are like, well, that's just what they should be doing. Mm. what yeah. like yes huh. there, there's a mission that each of us are given and and we are to be doing that as followers of christ but jesus doesn't act like we're not doing it and never like give us highs and give us those encounters and moments that are just like wow he really is like here encouraging me like ah, it just blows my mind when when i hear those things and so one thing that you really want to do when you celebrate people is have it cost something to you. Like, have it really be valuable and meaningful because if it's that to you, your team is going to know it. Your members are going to know it. And and that really ties into understanding, like, it should be personal. It should be mm. consistent. It should be something that, like, it is who you are to celebrate these people, especially as leaders. You know, if people are looking up to you, you not looking back at them is really going to say something. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Yep. That's fine. You can tweet nice. that. Ayo, I'm putting that in my quote book. <laughs> I, when it comes to costing, you know, it can cost in a lot of ways. Financially, uh, your own time, yep, um, your your own energy, mm. you know, it and and costing doesn't always have to be spending a thousand dollars on a big extravagant dinner for your volunteers or uh, buying everyone presence or <laughs> you I'm know not saying you have to buy everyone an ipad <laughs> nice um but sometimes you know sometimes actually investing financially even if you're investing on a small budget it it shows your volunteers that they matter mm. because if you're just saying hey we're gonna mm. we're gonna get together and we'll just uh we'll just get little sandwiches or you know and we're gonna we get whatever we won't we won't actually put a big effort towards it then it's like okay i'm just here again to help move chairs for this event <laughs> <laughs> um but if you're actually putting something towards it and if it's getting cards for them if it's uh we've we mentioned it earlier but we've catered chick-fil-a you know if it's even just mm. putting a little bit of money towards it people are gonna know like hey this is actually something that's for me it's mm. not just for the church mm. and i'm not just here to help do whatever it's it's actually because they acknowledge me and and my work um mm -hmm. but that being said it also doesn't have to cost ever <laughs> that's <laughs> or true. it doesn't have to cost all the time yeah that actually um was what i was going to bring up next is on the completely opposite end of the spectrum so anybody that knows me i'm a very big like words of affirmation guy I want everybody to know that they're appreciated. Mm -hmm. And for example, on a Sunday morning, I will uh, make sure that my volunteers get thanked personally. Um, and then if I notice somebody just kind of really stood out on the band, I will literally approach them as I'm like gathering mics after the service and be like, hey, you did a good job. 
Mm -hmm. um, and it's remembering to do this, now it's become kind of second nature, but remembering to do this every Sunday, it really, people take notice, um, like the people that you're talking to. Yeah. And for me, it is genuine because I genuinely appreciate these people who, I mean, we don't pay them per se, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like they devote so much time and effort towards it. And I just really want them to know that. And it doesn't take anything from me. Um, or anything from anybody, any of the leaders out there who are uh, listening here. What I've, what I've noticed is nine times out of ten, if you approach someone specifically um, to say, like, hey, you sounded great on that song, or hey, hmm. like, great work on sound, and, and, you know, great, or great work talking to that new family, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, mm. nine times out of ten, they're going to think that they screwed something up. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and, and not because of what you said, but before what you said. So I've came up to vocalists before mm -hmm. after a set and said, hey, like you sounded awesome on that song. And they'll go, really? I thought it sounded terrible. I thought that was the worst thing that I've like, that I've done before. And I, I didn't feel confident about that at all. And I'll do it. And then three other people from the congregation will come <laughs> up and say like, Wow, what a what a song! And I can say this because uh, she's my wife, but um, my wife's also on the on the worship team, and she did not want to sing this song. Um, mm. I don't remember what it was, but she just was like, "No, I'm gonna sound terrible. This is, I don't want to sing it." She sang it, and afterwards she was like, "That was horrible. Everyone's gonna be making fun of me." Blah blah blah. And I said, "Hey, you sounded, you sounded great on it." And that, I mean, that's just straight up husband points. I, that, that wasn't ministry. That was just me trying to you know not sleep on the this, couch. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Good luck, buddy. Then, but in that same service, like five other couples or families came up and said, wow, holy cow, you sounded so good on that song. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. sometimes it's not, you know, just us encouraging so that our volunteers, volunteers will continue to do so and continue to, to serve. But sometimes our, our words of affirmation and, and our celebrating of them completely changes what they thought mm -hmm. originally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why when we look at these four C's, they don't play individual checklist roles. Like each of the C's to create, to commit, to connect, and to celebrate live basically into each other because you're constantly you know, creating and growing the mission. You're constantly committing people and stewarding their gifts and recognizing what they bring to the mission. You're constantly seeking to build relationships and to know strengths and weaknesses, to go beyond Sundays, to connect with them. I mean, I want to give a shout out to Beth and Troy Bertrand. I know Troy's listening because he talks <laughs> about the podcast every week. But hey. like, especially to them, like I think about, you know, they, when I think about them as people and just as members of the church, like, they to to me embody this, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and then you celebrate them like it all flows together. And so, as we as we start to wrap up and and, and acknowledge these four C's, we just hope for you um, that you understand that when the ball starts rolling, when you start creating, you're going to see how each of these C's play into each other, and how you don't necessarily ever like oh I celebrated and I've done it all. The team's going to keep flowing. <laughs> because no, you got to keep connecting, keep committing, keep celebrating, keep growing. Um, and so that, I hope for you as you go about your week, as you're, you know, maybe on your own developing a new ministry or learning how to make teams in ministries that you just remember to create, 
commit, to connect, and to celebrate. Celebrate. Nice. Well, guys, that's all that we have for this week. And as you know, we are closing out with the question of the week. And so the question I have for you boys is, if you could instantly master any skill, what would it be Mm. and why? I'd have to say, so I'm a, I'm a guitar player, um, and I, I play the bass, not super well, but I, I play it. I think if I could instantly be a pro or be a master at, at anything, I would pick bass hmm. because like people like Victor Wooten, people like Sonny T, <laughs> probably no one knows who I'm talking about, but... <laughs> Those guys yep. are nuts, <laughs> and I would love to just play slap bass with a huge funk band. And so I think I think that's the one skill that I would that I would master. All right, I respect it, Dylan. Mine, I'd say it's actually also instrumental. Um, I started like taking guitar lessons when I was I don't know sixteen, something like that, and I took them for about six months. But I feel like it was just kind of unfinished, and ever since then, I haven't found any sort of time to do it. Um, but if I could instantly master something, I'd instantly master guitar, because that'd be sick, and I've, I would love to be able to go anywhere and like just perform, um, and then that'd be, that'd be fun, I feel like. Nate, you got to say drums, because then we'll start a band. Uh, hey, let's do this. <laughs> I was going to say, boys, I'm breaking away from the culinary track. Good. Uh, I, good. Would, cool. I would instantly want to master. Did you just say culinary? <laughs> I just want to hit, hit on that That you definitely just said culinary Yeah, so clearly yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's why like I said master that English. Because originally I was going to say like I'd like to master cooking oh, okay. I, changed, okay. I changed my answer last minute okay. I would want to master the ability To learn any language That's what I would do Ooh, So while you guys are just playing bass and guitar I'll be speaking to like 20 different people and 20, I'll be like the Church and Acts, <laughs> speaking all these tongues. Nah, but you'd be like the Tower of Babel. You know, probably that too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, guys, as, as we close, we just want to close with a prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for just the opportunity to, to sit in a room together and chat about the way that you have been working in our lives in this area of ministry here in Bourbonnais. Um, Lord, I just thank you first and foremost, for just the way that you have made it evident and clear that you have called us here, that you've placed us here, um, and that you're using us to serve you for your kingdom and to make your glory known. And Lord, I just thank you that one of those ways is through something as simple as talking in a mic. Um, And so Lord, I just pray for whoever's listening, um, that you may encourage them and build them up um, to have the confidence as a leader. Um, I'm reminded of, of Moses at first fearful and nervous and doubting himself. But Lord, you raised in him the leader of the Israelites. And so I pray even now um, for whoever's listening that they themselves may uh, embrace the call that you've put in their lives, that you make it clear to them just where it is that you want them to be, and that they own it because you have placed it before them. And that in their confidence and leadership, they may lead others well. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for this time. Amen. 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 All right, guys, we'll see you next week.